And we are back with another exciting episode of Rick's Horror Movie Review Show. That's Rick's Rated R Horror Movie Review Show, where we review all things related to horror, horror movies, horror TV shows, horror documentaries, horror YouTube shorts, horror primetime specials from the 1990s featuring Barbara Walters. And I'm Hugh Dowd. Because around here, we absolutely love that shit. But I'm very, I'm very honest with you, there's a very special type of horror that I really, really, really enjoy. And that's horror that deals with the Catholic Church. Some demonic possession. But I also really like stuff that has creepy-ass zombies. Or maybe a witch in a witch's coven. Maybe it's just a story about a haunted house, haunted by a ghost that just wants to fuck with you. For no particular reason, it just does this. It has no other motivation other than to scare the shit out of you. I love it. I absolutely love that stuff. And if you're new around here, welcome to our show. We really appreciate you being here. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're brand new to the show, welcome. You picked an amazing episode. This is the third one, the first one that we recorded on video. We'll never see the light of day, but this is our third videographed episode. And uh, we're really excited about it. And we hope that, uh, you know, that this turns out okay and uh, people enjoy this kind of stuff. Billy, how are you? Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm a little camera shy, as I've said in the past, but... uh, you know, uh, I am here and I am ready to talk about this this movie. And by the way, is this episode special? This episode is absolutely special for many reasons, but tonight we're talking about the movie Dead End in a world where people run into dead ends. There's a movie called Dead End. This film is not intended or suitable for audiences younger than 18 years old. The movie is a Christmas horror film, and if you're a frequent listener of the show, you probably know that I didn't really like Krampus, which we've reviewed, by the way. I also did didn't really like a Christmas horror story, which we've also reviewed, by the way. You can go and listen to those episodes. I like The Lodge. The Lodge was a good film. Billy, you like The Lodge, right? Oh, I think everybody liked The Lodge. That was a really interesting psychological thriller. Yeah, it's a, it's a great film. I agree. I like The Lodge. I liked it a lot. And, and uh, you know, we... Christmas season, or rather Christmas and horror season, (laughs) Christmas and the holiday season isn't over just yet. Already? Wow. Yeah, I mean, no, it's a really tough thing to be doing this right now. Are you a little nervous to be on camera, maybe? I am not nervous at all. Um, No, uh, you know, I sometimes need to do my, uh, my breathing exercises. You know this now. Yeah, yeah, maybe you should try doing them right now before we move in any further. Agree. Ow, now, brown cow. Unique New York. Unique New York. 
Yeah, I think I feel much better. Uh, I appreciate that, Bill. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I'm here. Here, let me give a round of applause. I appreciate that, Billy. Thank you so much. Anyway, welcome back and welcome to all of our new listeners and viewers to our show. And tonight's episode is a special one. All of your episodes are special. Oh, my God. Indeed, yeah, good sir. But tonight's episode is a special one because we're going to talk about a movie called Dead End. And uh, without further ado, let's just jump right into this episode. And here's our format. If you haven't been here before, we a simple format that's actually gone uh, getting a little more complex as we've gone along. But I'm gonna talk about. Well, I'm first and foremost, I'm gonna tell you why this movie. Why are we talking about the movie Dead End? What? Why do we select this film? And then Billy will do a brand new segment called Four Fun Film Facts with Billy the AI. We'll talk about what kind of horror film this is. I'll tell you whether or not I thought this film was scary. Hey, mister. Is this, this film scary? Hey, who let the child in here? Get out of here. I'll tell you whether or not this film contains jump scares. I'll tell you about the things I liked about this film. Not just things in general. I like many things, but rather the things I liked about this film. Then I'll also talk about the things I didn't like. I'll tell you whether or not I thought this film was entertaining. And the, f the segment, uh, do I recommend it? It's not going to be called, do I endorse this film? Hi, I'm Rick and I approve of this movie. And the reason for that is because I always recommend you go watch this, uh, you know, all the movies that we, uh, we like to review. And, uh, you know, we're switching that to whether or not I endorse it. Whether or not I, I tell you, hey, go watch this movie. That's a good movie here. You go on and watch it. Oh, yes. Um, and then I'll give this film a rating. And by the way, all of this stuff will be spoiler spoiler free up until the point where i give you the first rating and by the way i'll give you two ratings up until the point where i give the first rating everything will be 100 percent spoiler free so i'm gonna tiptoe around stuff uh, not trying to give anything away is that right billy yeah i, I think that's a good format and uh, yeah i think i appreciate that okay without any more interruptions let's just jump right into uh, why Dead End? Why the movie Dead End? If you're a returning listener, and if you're a new listener, I like to watch things that are different. I don't like to be fed the same shit all the time. I want new stories. And I just feel like Krampus, which we've reviewed, a Christmas horror story about a killer Santa, has been done! Give me something else! What else is there to... Somebody come up with a different story, please. Let's stop letting Johnson write this stuff. It's just what the audience wants to see. You don't have to blame me for it. This is just what they like. The audience likes the same stuff over and over and over. Why do you think there's 64 Fast and the Furious films now? They love it. Might be right there. Johnson, you might be right, but I don't. So I want something different. And that's the reason why I chose the movie Dead End. Okay. 
No other particular reason other than I want something new, something different. And when I was researching, I found that this film, you know, was not on any list I'd seen before. But it was a coil, uh, you know, a horror film, and it didn't say Santa Slay with the play on words for the word slay instead of, you know, S L E I G H. It's S L A Y. And that's it. Anyway, uh, Billy, are you ready for uh, your segment of four fun film facts with the Billy the AI? Take it, uh, take it away, Billy. It's all yours. Ah, oh, uh, thank you so much. Okay, here we go. So here, I want to talk about a scream queen that I think is really never really spoken about too much when uh, people mention the, the scream queens and the scream queen circles okay her name is Lynn Shea and she has been and by the way she's in this film obviously that's the reason I brought it up okay <laughs> go on yeah and uh, Lynn Shea she's in this film and uh, you know she's a screen queen she's actually been in a lot of horror films and you know because this show it's called uh, well my segment it's called for fun film facts with Billy the AI, I, I just wanted to talk about, I really just mentioned the four, some of the films that she's been in, and uh, these are probably my four favorites, so that's the reason I brought this up. You don't have to give us an explanation, Billy, this is your segment, you do whatever the hell you want. Here you go, take this. Oh, okay, thank you for the applause. Anyway, uh, Scream Queen Lin Shay has been in a little movie called A Nightmare on Elm Street. Have you uh, heard about little, uh, that little film? I think everybody has heard of that little film there, Billy. Absolutely, I have heard of Nightmare on Elm Street. She is also in a film called Insidious. Have you heard of Insidious? Not only have I heard of Insidious, I actually think that the four Insidious films that she is... Well, the two Insidious films that she is the main star of, parts three and four, are actually the best of all the insidious films, her and the ghost hunter folks that, uh, you know, that star in those, they went a different way. They got away from the Dobsons. I forget what the last name is. And they went to Lin Shay's character and the, the, the ghost hunter dudes. And, and they, they detail stories actually about her own family. And I, I actually enjoyed those stories far more than I enjoyed uh, the Dobson stories, to be honest with you. So, yeah, absolutely. I am familiar with the insidious film. Oh, OK, that's good. Yeah. Uh, she's also in a film called Room for Rent and also in another one called The Final Wish. And uh, that's going to be it for my four fun film facts with Billy the AI. Thank you very much for fun film facts with uh, Billy the AI. Okay, so I am going to tell you what kind of horror film this is. Okay. This is a psychological horror. It's good. I mean, it's real good. But it's also a dark comedy. Now, if you haven't listened to our review of Krampus, I felt like the comedy in Krampus was a little too much. A little too much comedy to keep the horror in balance. It's a fine line that needs to be walked. And so this psychological horror, dark comedy film, Dead End, I thought they did a tremendous job. Is this film scary? Hey, mister, how many scaries are you going to give this film? 
Who the hell let this child in here again? Get out of here. This film is not scary. At least I didn't think this film was scary. Uh, but, you know, uh, everybody's entitled their own opinion. Billy, did you think this film was scary? No, I agree with you. I also don't think this film was, uh, was very scary. So, no. This film is going to get two out of ten scaries. Two out of ten scaries. Just not that scary. And by the way, the, the segment called Does This Film Contain Jump Scares is now called Is the Jump Scare Overused? Is the jump scare overused in this film? I don't think so. It's not. I didn't think so either. It's really not overused. It's there. I'm not going to tell you where. I said I wasn't going to spoil anything for you, but it's definitely there. Is this film entertaining? Absolutely. This film is extremely entertaining. Okay? And as I mentioned earlier, I am no longer going to just simply tell you to go watch this film. I always say go watch these films. I'm going to officially, in our first segment of... Do I endorse this film? Does Rick endorse this film? Here we go. Hi, my name is Rick, and I endorse this film. Thank you very much. This film is officially endorsed by me. There we go. Oh, yeah. Yes, I absolutely endorse this film. Not only should you watch it, I recommend that you watch it. I thought it was great. Go watch this film. Go watch this film now. I loved it. Yes, watch it. Stop what you're doing and go watch every. Stop what you're doing huh? and go watch this film. I got almost into uh, a little bit of my William Shatner there, huh, Billy? Yeah, uh, the, the William Shatner, just kind of a thing on its own. I almost got a little into my William Shatner impersonation. And by the way, one of the things that's really creeping me out a little bit here is the fact that I moved my microphone to the other side of the, uh, of the little recording setup we've got going on here. Ah, yeah, I, I noticed that uh, I was going to ask why, uh, why, you had, you know, why you had done that. Wait a minute. You can see this? Oh, yeah, okay. You, you the little camera stuff. I, I can see. I see everything that you're doing. <laughs> Thanks for creeping in, Billy. Ah, man, you know what? What you might expect to not be able to say things? Uh, I can see everything. Uh, I even say, don't you do it. I see that paper. No, you don't. Get out of here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyway, let's proceed. Okay, so. The things I liked. I mentioned this already in the introduction of the film. I liked that this film was different. It's not your typical kind of horror film. It tells a story that happens during Christmas. And it's a great story. But it's just different. And I really enjoyed that. That's what I was looking for, and I thought I found it. So that's it for the things I liked. I, you know, I liked the story. I also enjoyed the story. I just like this whole thing, to be honest with you. I like the whole thing. Now, here are some of the things that I didn't like. I wish the budget was a little bigger. Ooh, that was a little loud. I wish the budget was a little bit larger. 
um, especially the special effects budget. And the reason for that is because some of the stuff that happens in this film requires a little bit larger budget than I think what uh, you know they received. But not trying to take away anything from it. You can get really creative on a film with a small budget, which this is as well. But I just felt like personally, personally, I would have enjoyed that. Another thing I didn't like. One character in particular. I'm not going to tell you who. But I think the audience will find out soon enough. If you've seen this movie, if you've seen this movie, you know who the hell I'm talking about. One character. That's another thing I didn't like. The last thing I didn't like was... Uh, this movie came out in 2004 that's only 19 years ago i know it seems like a long time but in terms of technology there are some things that were already around that i think they either didn't know about for some reason or they just decided to ignore the filmmakers should have relied on mapquest like the rest of the world was in 19 in 2004 but instead, they're using a regular old map. Not even a, not even a Thomas guide. Just a regular old map. I mean, really? Why, why a regular old map? I mean, maybe, maybe they really didn't have access to like a Thomas guide. Or, or uh, you know, maybe the filmmaker's never been on a, on a road trip or something like that. I, I mean, I think there are many reasons. I don't know why you want to knock them for not having a map. I mean, come on. I mean, having a map, not having a map. Quite. If you were on a road trip, if you were driving somewhere you've never been to in the year 2004, you used a Thomas guide or you used MapQuest. And that's final because that's my show. Oh, Lord. All right. Fine. They should have used MapQuest or a Thomas guide. That's right, Billy. Anyway. Is this film entertaining for, you know, of course, if... if there can be many things wrong with this film. I can find many things not enjoyable or rather not interesting or think, oh, I could find things that I don't like. But is this film in the end an entertaining film? And the short answer is yes, it's an entertaining film. It's a different kind of horror film. It, it was exactly what I needed and I found it. So yes, I absolutely thought this film was entertaining. And so without further ado, without delaying the inevitable, we're going to give this movie... Dead End. The movie Dead End is going to receive a 7. A 7 out of 10 for the movie Dead End. Ladies and gentlemen, the movie Dead End. 7 out of 10. Bill, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I, uh, I personally think this film deserves a little higher than a 7. To be honest with you, like you said, I also enjoy things that are different. And I think a 7 out of 10 is a little low for me. I understand about some of the choices that you mean and technology and all of the things that you just mentioned. But I'm going to give this film an 8 out of 10. So just one point higher than you. That's fine, Billy. Congratulations. All right, and that's it for the spoiler-free part of our review. If you have not seen this film or if you don't want to know what happens in this movie, then I suggest you jump off right now because we're going to get right into the context of this film as I like to do. 
and then we're gonna get right into the script accurate dramatization of this film where I dramatize all the scenes using the scripts which are available to me in some mysterious way and everything that comes at this point is 100% script accurate uh, isn't that right Billy uh, I gotta say that they are never not even close to being 100% script accurate I, I they you improvise like 99% of the scenes that I mean the settings are correct but the dialogue are like well, maybe more like 80%. Ah, you know, I don't even know anymore, but yeah, anyway, let's, let's just move on. Okay, let's move on. And we shall begin. The Dantex. So, the one of the main characters, the father, in the father, Frank, talks about the lady in white. There are many different representations or interpretations of the lady in white. One of the most famous ones is La Llorona. Billy? Ah, oh, yeah. Oh, here we go. La Llorona. Well done, Billy. La Llorona is a very famous legend, particularly in Hispanic culture, that tells the story of a weeping woman, a ghost, who mourns her children that she herself drowned in a fit of madness, he's often depicted in a white dress and is associated with bodies of water. There's also another lady in white, and a lady just called a lady in white. Never seen a lady look as lovely as you do tonight. Lady in white. I, I don't think it's lady in white. I, I think it's lady in red or something like that. Fine, Billy. Fine. Uh, this is a widespread motif in ghost stories, often involving a woman who died tragically or suffered a great betrayal, usually by a lover or a husband. These spirits are often bound to a specific location, haunting it due to their unresolved grief and anger. And I think that's probably what we're seeing here in this film, right, Billy? This is uh, this sounds very uh, very close to what, what I think we saw in uh, in the film. And by the way, this is all spoiler full now, spoiler full territory. If you do not want to hear spoilers, then I suggest you jump off right now. Yeah, it's all spoiler full, and I think I'll answer your question about the lady and why. Yeah, I, I think that uh, this motif is in fact uh, the the one that uh, they're talking about. So yes, I agree. The Vanishing Hitchhiker. And again, we're in the context section of our review. This is an urban legend that revolves around a ghostly female hitchhiker who disappears from a vehicle or leads the driver to a graveyard revealing that she herself is the spirit. Hey. Oh, hey. You wanna come over? Can you come over? I just wanna show you something. Oh yeah, don't be afraid. It's it's totally just a little graveyard. You'll be fine. It's totally not scary. What over here? We just wanna go to the graveyard. All right, yeah, let's totally kill. Let's get 
Oh my god, you're a ghost! Oh lord! Oh my goodness, they, uh... That's an interesting one for sure. And I have heard that one as well, so... Yeah, you're not wrong on the context. There's another famous one in Irish folklore called the Banshee. The Banshee is the female spirit who wears the white grey, white or grey, and wails or screams to forewarn of death in a family. What's that? Was that your Irish accent? Maybe. Ah, oh, Lord. And then white lady legends in general. Many cultures have stories of white ladies, ghostly apparitions of women wearing white gowns, often associated with tragedy or heartbreak, as we know from, you know, the motif itself. Uh, lovers or untimely deaths is typically the stuff that happens. And why am I bringing this up? Because the story of this film didn't revolve around a woman in a white gown. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about, this is very important. This is probably my... Probably, in my opinion, the most important section to me personally, because I like logic and films. I don't want stuff that doesn't make any sense. It's just a story, man. It's not a goddamn story. I want stories that make sense. If your story doesn't make sense, don't tell it to me. The section is called The Illogical. Billy, you're a very logical creature, aren't you? I'm dependent on logic, to be honest with you, so yes. So one of the characters, Marion, for some reason, Marion gets out in the middle of a dark road. Not only does Marion get out of the uh, get out of the car in the middle of a dark road, every person in her family, her father, her mother, her brother, and her boyfriend, soon to be husband, all agree. That this is the right thing to do. Oh, great. That's my my, my, my jury sign. Are you kidding me? They all agree to let her out of the car. That's my jury sign, Phil. What do you think about my jury sign, Phil? Bill? Oh, my. I, I had no idea that you even... Oh, I'll take my bet. You should continue working on that one. A tough crowd, Billy. What? Ah, oh, man, you're one in my opinion. Yes, I did. You don't may not be rough about it. Well, you want me to tell you the truth or what? Oh, man, that's why I'm here. That's about it. To tell you the truth. Fine. Thank you. Anyway. The illogical Marion gets out of the car in the middle of a dark road to let the woman in white in? And all her family agrees that this is the right thing to do in a situation like this. And by the way, Marion turns out to be pregnant. And they still let her out. And they still let her do this stuff. Why? Who follows this logic? When you write a film, who thinks that this logic is appropriate to tell a story? I don't care. Tell a logical story. Okay. All right. The, the next thing. Okay, so now we get into the plot review, finally. And again, another warning. If you have not seen this film, this is all spoiler-full territory. So I suggest you jump off right now. Okay, here we go. Uh, Billy, you ready? 
I am ready, uh, ready to go and proceed. Yes, sir. Okay, here we go. So the movie opens up with a family driving on a road, on the road again. And they're driving somewhere, but we don't know where they're going. We should know where they've been. And then a hard rock title card song comes on. Dead End. A movie, a Christmas horror movie to be watched. And they're playing a hard rock song. And everyone but the dad. Frank Harrington is in the car. And they're all asleep. And they're playing, they're playing this song. Right, Billy? They are definitely playing a hard rock song, but they are not playing this one. You just don't remember this part of the movie. Ah, I remember it. They are not playing Turbo Lover by Judith's Praise. Half the fun is letting the audience figure out what song we're using, Billy. Oh, I I'm sorry. I didn't know that was part of the game. Of course not. Anyway. He's on a dark road and he's driving and... Now he too starts to fall asleep. <laughs> And then suddenly, he starts to swerve back and ah! And he's almost hitting somebody. And suddenly, they're all right back in the middle of the road. What? He's like driving like a nutcase. And suddenly, he's about to hit something. A car, a truck, or vehicle, something. But they're right back on the middle of the road. And uh, everything, is, everything will be fine. No, 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 no. Your kids are fine, Marty. Run's gotta be done. Uh, I'm sorry, you you and Jennifer are not just fine. It's your kid, Marty. They're fuck up. Something's gotta be done about your kids. Uh, I mean, I, I understand it. Maybe you could have put this in uh, the illogical or, or something like that. I just think that this was poor editing, not necessarily part of the movie logic. But they're back in the middle. Okay, so they're in the middle of the room. And Frank gets out to check on the car. And suddenly the road isn't dark anymore. And him and his wife, Laura, Laura Harrington, are arguing about Frank not taking the interstate instead of taking a little road, a side road. Oh, Frank, I just don't understand why. Why didn't you just take the interstate why this is why the freeways were built in America for the great American road trip and you take us on these small dinky side roads that no one's ever seen not since the Great Depression why I want to know tell me Frank well, honey, as you know, I like adventure and I like trying out new things. <laughs> you know, I don't like the same shit all over uh, all the time. So I said, what the hell? Let's try these small sight threads, you know, and I, I hear the kids are using, what do they call it? The map questers or something like that. But I got my, I got a good old fashioned map right here and uh, everything will be fine. Just, just relax. Just chillax, like the kids say. <laughs> Chillax. 
and they continue arguing. And now Richard Harrington, by the way, the character I mentioned earlier, this is the one who I thought was super annoying. Says something so annoying and so stupid that it's best that I've forgotten what he said, to be honest with you. He said something, but I don't remember what it was. And again, Dad, why does the chicken cross the road? <laughs> what? The hell are you talking about, Richard? Uh, I forgot. I don't know what he said. I don't know what he said. It's ridiculous and stupid. And do you remember what he said, Bill? Uh, you know, I, I thought that character was really annoying. So no, I, I, I actually don't remember what he said. Okay. So then in the next scene, Mary and Frank and his daughter. Daughter's name is uh, Marion. Sorry, Marion is the, not the wife's name. Marion's the daughter. Marion offers to drive, but Frank declines because you know Frank is Frank. He's going to drive, and they continue on. Uh, they continue listening to music. Richard does, because he said something so stupid that his dad said to him, "You know, son, why don't you just shut the fuck up and put your little hips back on?" You little Walkman. Yeah, put your little Walkman back on. That's right, that one. Put your little Walkman back on and just shut down and shut your mouth. For the rest of this goddamn forsaken trip, I already got your mother over here yapping at me. And I don't need your nonsense. You hear me? Whatever, Dad. Whatever. I don't like you, Dad. I'm listening to my music now. And they continue. And then the wife continues with her nagging. Hmm. Not a lot of cars on the road, huh? Frank, maybe we should have taken the interstate. Are you going to grind my gears about this again? Laura, I already told you I wanted something different. Well, if... I was driving, I would have taken the interstate, and we would have been there by now enjoying a delicious Christmas dinner. But no, Frank, the driver, decided to take us on a side street. Like it's the 1930s. Damn it, Laura. Alright? Just shut up and drink some water or something. Oh, you want me to drink water like this? Can you not? Can you not do that? Damn it! Can you not do that? Sound like a fish out of water. Stop that! Damn it, Laura! You mean this? Damn it! Stop it! And then the camera pans out. The beautiful shot of them driving under the stars. And there's like a hundred and fifty billion stars. It's Frank. I don't, I don't, I know, I know a lot about astronomy. Back in my old days at college, I wanted to be, uh, no, I uh, followed Michio Kaku, one of the greatest astronomers in the history of astronomy. Um, Dad, Michio Kaku is actually an astrophysicist. He's not, he's not an astronomer. Oh, I meant, I meant to say, uh, uh, James Sagan. Uh, James Sagan, Dad? Yeah, that's the one, James Sagan, the one that, uh, the one that directed The Terminator. What? Uh, you know what I mean. It's that guy that looks at stars and he knows how to count them. He's got a number system. Came up with a number system. Anyway, there's 150 billion stars out there. 
Gaia individually counted each one of them. He's got a number system. I'm not a numbers guy, all right? Cut me some slack. There's 150 billion out there. And then we move on to Laura again. And she says, Hey, family. How about we sing a song? Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to sing. Come on, it'll be just like old time. Here we go. I'll start. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride on the one hold of one's life. Now you, Richard. Come on, Richard. Mom, fine, I'll jump in. Jingle bells, jingle all the way. That's beautiful, Rich. That's beautiful. I love it. What about you, Marin? Do you want to sing along? Um, Mom, I, I don't... Um, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle, jingle all the way. That was beautiful, Marion. Here, let me give you a round of applause because that was a beautiful rendition. And then they continue driving. And along the road, there's a red shed. And then a woman in white. And she's hanging. Did you catch that scene, by the way, where the woman in white is like hanging off a tree or something like that? Yeah, I, uh, I think it's one of those moments. You know, yeah, actually... I know there's something about you. You're quite good at catching these, uh, what I like to call single frame moment. And yeah, you caught that frame of uh, the woman in white. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, but I also did see it. Yes, I absolutely saw it. Okay. So they stop. because There's a red shed and then the woman in white is seen hanging. Suddenly... The woman shows up next to the car. And Frank pulls this window down and he rolls it down because I think he's driving an old car. Oh, <laughs> oh hey, uh, how you doing there, woman in white? Uh, what, what, uh, what the hell are you doing out here in the middle of the road? It's, it's kind of dark and scary. You know, I wouldn't be out here. There's a, there's a legend of, uh, there's legends of a woman, <laughs> a woman in white on the road. I wouldn't be out here if I was you. That, that, this tends to be quite dangerous, this woman in white. And the actual woman in white stands there and holding a child and says nothing. Oh, <laughs> she must be cold, gang. She must be cold. Hey, uh, woman in white, do you want to uh, you wanna ride? I want to just jump into the back of the car and, uh, you know, just come on, just come on in. Man, 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 get out. I let the woman in. She's carrying a child. You're, you're fine. Just, just walk the rest of the way. Yeah, Mary, just, just walk. It'll be fine. Just you walk. Yeah, Marion. You need to lose weight. <laughs> just walk. Oh, uh, yeah, babe. Just like, it'll be fine. Just a little walk is good for you. Because I haven't mentioned this before, but, uh, oh, I did mention this, but Marion's boyfriend, Brad, is also in the back of the car. And Brad also agrees Marion, get out of the car for some reason. So everybody's in on this stupid shtick. And I mentioned this earlier. One of the things that I really hated was this this particular scene. And uh, Bill, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, the logic, the... Uh, I, I gotta say that, you know, we... You mentioned this before. We have to suspend our understanding or we have to suspend our belief in normal circumstances and things when we're watching a film and... And follow what's called movie logic. I, I mean, I totally understand that. But 
I'm like, yeah, if, if the logic is just dumb, I, I'm not going to follow it. I think we should point it out because I'm actually getting a little riled up about saying dumb movie logic. I think you're, I think you're rubbing mouth on me on, on that end. Who likes dumb movie logic? Unless it's a comedy. This is a dark comedy, but I don't know that this scene was intended to be funny. I think this was supposed to be some of the dramatic and some of the, you know, typical horror trope stuff that happens. But I, I did not like it. And this is the one scene. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think this should be written in films. And maybe, you know, filmmaking has changed in the last 20 years since the movie came out. And uh, hopefully this doesn't happen anymore. Agree. So they let her in. Uh, come on in. Just, just go ahead and sit in the bag and everything will be fine. Yeah, Brad, uh, scoot over a little bit. Richard, move over. Just then back at the car. And they continue driving. And um, Laura offers the woman a cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, hey there, woman in white. Would you like a warm cup of coffee? Ah, you got co- you, you just told me a second ago that your coffee's cold. I haven't told you that yet. That happens later in the movie. Oh, I guess I, I guess I got the power to see the future. Back to the future, Marty. And they drive towards the cabin because they thought it was the best place to go. And Marion keeps walking and uh, they arrive. Marion continues walking and then Richard goes out to the woods to masturbate for some reason. And Laura and Frank are the only ones that get out of the Jeep and they go and investigate inside the red cabin. Uh huh. Got a lot of little hatchet here, huh, Laura? I got some kind of hatchet, some kind of hatchet fanatic. That kind of reminds me of you with your little porcelain dolls, you know, all that little nasty, creepy porcelain dolls all over the house. It's kind of, kind of got that creepy vibe going around here with all the little baby hatchets. Uh, grab this one here. <laughs> Reminds me of that creepy doll that you, that creepy doll that you have in your, in the bedroom. You know that one? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Frick, my dolls are not creepy, but these hatchets are definitely creepy. Put that back before you hurt anyone. Are you scared, Laura? <laughs> if you ask, I'm gonna hatch you to death. <laughs> chop, 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 chop. <laughs> I'm just joking, Laura. Relax. Just a joke. I'm not gonna chop you. Anyway. A lot of hatchets in here, but, uh... Anyway, what are we doing in here? And Brad and the woman, Brad again, is Marion's soon-to-be husband, are in the back of the car, and he's trying to make small talk with her. So, uh, you are doing out here, uh, woman in, uh, does a child, does, does your child bite? Does he, that's kind of quiet. Does he speak? How, how old's your child? And Marion is outside. Again, as we mentioned earlier, decided to walk outside and she's paced. Actually, she's practicing a breakup speech with Brad. And we return to the vehicle where the woman in white responds to Brad, saying that the kid's name is. Kid name is Sammy. And Brad's wondering whether or not the kid can breathe under the blankets because it's so covered up. And the woman in white says, uh, Baby doesn't need to breathe because he's dead. Huh? Ah! 
And suddenly they're both gone, and Brad's gone, and the woman in white is gone, and then Mary, and as she continues walking, she's about to light up a cig. The good cigarette, the barletaliano, a little smoky. And Maylin sees the boyfriend, Brad, in the black of that car, that black car, and, uh, you know, hey, Brad, where are you going? And they all reconvene and back into the car, and nobody has any idea what the hell is going on, and Marion is now presumably traumatized, right, Bill? Well, I mean, uh, wouldn't you be if you saw your boyfriend in the, black of a back, in the back of a black car like that? I mean, where the hell is he going at, at this point? I want to say something, you know, the editing on that part was kind of weird. It's just like he's in the back of a car and he's just looking out. We don't know why he's in the car and actually a little weird. Well, that's part of the mystery, Billy. Let them continue telling the story. All right, all right. It's early, I guess. So they reconvene back in the Jeep and they all start driving towards the car. Everybody jump in the car. We're gonna go after that, Brad. I don't know what you're seeing that guy, Marion, but I guess we'll go after him. And the dad suddenly stops because he saw something on the road and gets out to investigate. And it's Brad and he's laying in the middle of the road, but we can't see. The audience doesn't get the opportunity to see what's going on at this point. And I think Part of the reason is because of the budget. But we're told that he's in a bunch of different little paces. So he's been, he's been done broken, chopped up by something or someone. But the audience doesn't actually get to see any of that. Billy? Uh, I think you might be right. I think this is part of the fact that uh, maybe they needed a special type of budget or special effects or... Uh, you know, the budgeting to... Maybe they just didn't have the, the budget to, to, to have the practical effects. And maybe at the time, you know, uh, CGI, uh, computer generated graphics by my cousins. Yeah, Roundabout Plus. Was in its infancy and, uh, you know, maybe it was just too expensive and out of the, out of the budget as well. Maybe. But what we do see is his hand and his ear because the dad wants uh, Brad's phone. He's grabbing and he has Richard to grab the phone. Hey, Richard! What, dad? Come and get this guy's phone. You don't have to get rid of his little ear. Just come and get it. It'll be fine. Don't worry about any of that. Just grab the, just grab the phone. Why don't you do it, dad? Damn it! You son of a bitch! I said grab the goddamn phone! <laughs> I'm sorry. He slaps the shit out of Richard and then Richard grabs the phone. Like, and then the phone is given to Lauren and Lauren dials someone, but the phone says. Huh? Uh, uh, huh? I can't feel my legs. And my baby. And Frank asked Richard again, Hey, you, you better keep your mouth shut before I... You want another one? 
Move that body out of the side of the road. What am I, Dad? Like a janitor or something? I hate you, Dad. As a matter of fact, this is where he slaps the shit out of him. Ah, shut your mouth and move the goddamn body. You hear me? Ungrateful little bastard. You know what I'm taking? I'm taking the Walkman. Lousy goddamn children. Whoever killed him had a... I'm proposing a theory here, Dad. Whoever killed him must have had an axe or a hatchet. Ha! Why'd you come up with that? Huh? Because he's on pieces? You're a real smart guy, huh, Richard? I'm real proud of you. Laura, you gave me some lousy children. <gasps> Frank! And I drive towards the city called, and I thought this city was called Marco when I read it, but uh, they pronounce it as Market or Marcot. I'm with you. I thought it was going to be French, but uh, yeah, they all pronounce it as Market. Market? Like, I got to go to the market. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, they drive towards Marco, and they ask the kid to check the map. One of the things I didn't like. And Brad checking the map. There's no Marco on this map, Dad. You should have used MapQuest. Or a Thomas card. And Lauren says, Maybe you shouldn't have taken the stupid side road or a shortcut. Damn it, I've had enough of you. Laura, give me some goddamn coffee. Alright? And they turn the car on and they get back on the road and on the road again. And they go. And then, uh, and then Richard points out. Dad, there's no other car down the road. Damn it, Richard. Your mother already pointed that out. You want another one? Yeah, a little son of a bitch. <gasps> Dad, no more. We've been driving for a while, Dad. So they've been driving for a while, and he points out, Richard points out, that they picked up the woman, the woman in white at 7.30 p.m. And now it's still 7.30. And Richard, of course, has a theory. Dad, I have a theory. Brad is dead. All clocks stopped at 7.30. It's aliens. Aliens. Like ancient aliens. And then Marion wakes up from her trauma, her shock that she's been in since she saw Brad dead, and starts to sing a painful rendition of Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells! Jingle Bells! Jingle all the way! Oh, what fun! It is to ride! One horse opens Brad. And then there's a day shot for some reason. There's We're in the middle of a dark wooded forest on Christmas Eve, presumably, and somehow the editing team got a light shot in there, Billy. Yeah, yeah, that was uh that was an interesting shot. I I also saw it, but uh I gotta say, uh, I don't think that was on purpose. I think maybe they just kind of left it in there by mistake, to be honest with you, sir. 
not much else to say. Just poor editing, I guess. God, I agree with you. Night shot that serves absolutely no purpose in this story. And then we see in the middle of the road, in the middle of a road, a baby carriage. And of course, they all stop in this movie logic. And Frank gets out. I'm sorry, not Frank. Richard gets out. I'll go check that. I'm a strapping young buck. You're old, I got it. And he walks towards the carriage, this black carriage in the middle of the road. And he's walking. And suddenly he's being attacked. Oh, no! Oh, it got me! This killer baby's got blood acid! And Frank and Lauren get out trying to see what happened, but... <laughs> I got you. I got you. That's funny. I got you guys. This kid is, my goodness, so I tell you, I did not enjoy this character in the, li- in the slightest bit. He was so goddamn annoying. Uh, you know, I think most people are probably going to find him to be extremely annoying. And maybe, you know, credit to, to the actor for, for doing a, such a good job with that role, maybe. Hey, I bought it. Anyway. Everyone now get started. Everyone gets out and starts to drink some booze. Or that son of a bitch right here, huh? Good, 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 good. I don't know what the hell is going on out of here, but. Woo! That's been some crazy shit here. One minute, hold on. What is this? Oh, is it tequila? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good tequila. What is this? Erradura. Oh, that's my favorite. That's my favorite one. You know, the Mexican stuff isn't as popular in the year 2004, but we'll get there. I can see the future. You know what I really like? You ever had a burrito? You know what those are? It's like... It's like steak. Yeah, yeah, regular old steak. But inside the giant tortilla. That's genius. I don't know how those Mexicans came up with it, but it's a genius. I gotta say, like, Mexican food is like the greatest thing in the history of mankind. And then Richard tells Marion, because Richard is talking to Marion for some reason. And he's not responding. <gasps> Marion? Are you there? Marion, are you there? I want to tell you something. Do you remember when we were kids? Do you remember Kevin? Do you remember little Kevy? I used to call him Kevy. Well, me and Kevy, we fried your hamster. <laughs> we fried him. Anyway, I just wanted you to know. And he slams the door shut and goes back to look for his parents. And this is all happening in the back of the car for some reason. Anyway. Someone put the carriage, that baby carriage, back on the middle of the road and of course they all decide to move the carriage and go on on their way. And they get back in the car and they start driving and there's a shot of the moon and Noren continues bickering. It feels like we've been driving forever, Frank. You should have listened. Ah. 
The shit engineers weren't qualified to build a birdhouse that built this goddamn road. That's the real reason. They go to the fancy engineering school. Look at what this nonsense is. Where are all the stop signs? Somebody can get killed out here without any stop signs. It's a road, Frank. There aren't supposed to be any stop signs. Now you sound like one of them goddamn engineers. Now turn the radio on. Screw this. And Frank turns the radio on and uh, there's some creepy sounds and everybody's wondering what the hell that is. Oh, man. What's that sound? Well, it must be one of those liberal publics. One of those liberal public NPR shows or something like that. I don't know. It's very creepy sounds. Maybe it's Pete Schwetty. <laughs> Pete Schwetty and the Shooty Meatballs or something like that on NPR. I don't, I don't know. I kind of like Pete Schwetty. You know, last year we took the interstate to my mother's. Oh, we're going to add this again. You know, the only reason we're here is because your mother won't die. What? Ah, I said it. The old lady's still kicking. I don't understand. Yeah, no, I... Well, you know what? I never liked your mother. She was a bitch. What did you just say about my mother? She was a saint. My mother was a saint. Laura, not like you. And then they hit something. Ah, and they get a flap. And Lawrence says, uh, Oh, Jesus, mother of fuck. And out of nowhere, Marion spouts, Ah, uh, hi, everyone. I'll just like to inform everyone that I'm pregnant. Ah. And Richard admits to smoking pot. So everybody is not just doing their own personal confessions like they're on the Jerry Springer show. Huh, Bill? Ah, uh, man, uh, I think the shit starts to get real tense here. And, uh, you know, everybody's just confessing to their sins, I guess, which is a really interesting and funny uh, situation. Agree. So then they get out to change the tire and they continue bickering about who knows what. And Frank tells Richard to move the hell out of. You know what? You don't know shit. Can't even change a goddamn tire. You know what's wrong with this generation? You know what's wrong with you, millennials? You know, back in my day, you know, back in my day, I would change two tires at once. That's right. I changed the front and the back. Only one jack. Hell, I do it without a jack. I just, I just go down there and lift it because I used to strong, real strength. Not like red meat and potatoes kind of strength. Not like going to the gym and all that nonsense that all you kids are doing nowadays. I'm talking about red meat, potatoes, and a smoke and a whiskey. That's the kind of strength you need to change this tire. And Richard's like, you know what, Dad? Fuck you. I'm going to go smoke some pot. And he goes out to smoke pot. And suddenly... The woman in white shows up and she starts to seduce him. And she about to kiss him. And he bites his lip like goose with the biting thing. Now that uh, actually, Bill, now we can do the goose biting lip, uh, lip thing because now they can actually see what we're doing. Ah, uh, no, no, you're going to do it. I'm totally going to do it. I think they heard it now. I think they heard it on the side. Anyway. And she... Bites his lip in. That black car that took Brad shows up. And now everybody sees... Oh, I'm in the back of the car. 
And the brother is now in the back of the car, and the father sees the woman in white. They start chasing it. They go off the road for a bit before stopping when they realize that there's something in the middle of the road. And it turns out that it's bratty old Richard. Shit. Lauren. Ah. Oh. Damn it, Lauren. Damn it. You know I hated that little bastard. But he's burned all alive. Nobody deserves to die that way. God, it's my son. Ah. Oh. All the pain, all the agony. Oh, oh my, oh my heart, oh, my ticker, it's a little bum. And Lauren reveals that Richard wasn't actually Frank's son. He wasn't actually your son. He was actually Alan Rickman's son. Ah, what? Alan Rickman. And they take out all the gifts and put the remains of the son in the back. Except, of course, for one gift. Do you remember what gift that was, Bill? Yeah, I think uh, they uh, they decide to leave uh, to open up Uncle Mike's gift, well, which turns out to be a shotgun. That's right. They open up Uncle Mike's gift, and it's a uh, shotgun. And now they are ready for anything. When all hells breaks loose, you're gonna need Uncle Mike's shotgun. 12 gauge, of course. Ready and able to stop everything and anything, including ladies in white. Ladies who bite your lip. Aliens. Creepy deer that show up in the middle of nowhere because... Fuck it. They don't have anywhere else to go, but also ghosts. It's gun. It's not approved for shooting demons. If you want to kill a demon, then I suggest you call the sheriff from Pet Cemetery Blood. Ladies and gentlemen, what a special appearance. The sheriff from Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, you've been mentioned in an advertisement for some reason. Ah, ah that's, that's right. You want to burn some, some bit down. You gotta burn some kind of building down, and best thing you can do to contain demons is not about shooting them in the eye. Best thing to do is burn them some bitches down to the ground. That's what you gotta do. Ladies and gentlemen, the sheriff from Pet Cemetery Bloodline. Our episode on Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, which we reviewed. Billy, do you remember Pet Cemetery Bloodline? Yeah, I uh, remember vividly. Uh, it's one of my favorite episodes, actually. One of my favorite episodes as well. But we continue. So they take the shotgun, and now Lauren is in the back eating this enormous pie that she had brought for, like, the Thanksgiving or Christmas celebration that they were. <laughs> She's just eating the shit out of this pie. Now, Frank wonders if they'll ever reach more real Marco. God damn it. Where are we gonna reach market? I think it's French. I think it's Marco, but fuck it. We'll call it Marco. Market. Ah, uh, will the lady in white gate us? Ah, uh, damn it, that lady in white. You know the lady in white is an urban legend. You ever heard of a? You ever heard of La Llorona? The other day when I was getting my burrito, somebody was talking about La Llorona. Maybe this is it. Maybe that's what they meant. The lady in white was La Llorona. Damn it! I sh- damn it! I knew I shouldn't have gotten her. 
I should have gotten the Alpha Strawberry, though. I think I've angered her. I got the wrong meat. Damn it, I got the Asada. I should have gotten the Alpha Store. Son of a bitch, this is all my fault. Damn it. The Asada's too generic. It's too simple. God, I should have gotten the exotic meats, like the Alpha Store. Or maybe the Cabeza. No, that's too exotic for my stomach. You know, before uh, before the, the lady in white sold burritos, uh, she, the family actually died in the car accident. What are you talking about that? Well, I'm just telling the story of the lady in white. Pay attention, man. Are you, are you really suggesting that the lady in white is a real thing? And then they stop because Lauren is now sick from all the pie that she ate and she's throwing up. And now she grabs the shotgun. Frick, this town isn't big enough for the both of us. So I'm gonna take myself out. Oh, and she points the shotgun at herself and almost pretends like she's gonna shoot herself. And that was a real tense moment. Billy, what did you think about that moment? Yeah, you know, that was so well shot that, uh, that, you know, as opposed to the scenes earlier where you said the, the light shot in the middle of nowhere, but this shot was, this shot was well done. The editing was great. It really did look like she was about to shoot herself. And, uh, you know, again, Lin Shay, who I, again, I mentioned earlier. Great at horror, but, uh, you know, sort of that dark human in a, in a moment of levity, which is uh, really interesting in the midst of uh, all this chaos that's happening. Correct. Yeah, so she playfully pretends like she shoots, she's going to shoot herself, but then she actually shoots Frank. Ah! What the hell? You shot me, you bitch! That's what you get for calling my mother a bitch, Frank. And Lauren shoots him, and uh, Marion does first aid on shit on him, and, uh, you know, they all get back on the road, and Frank starts to booze it up. Good, 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 good. Uh, uh, I don't understand. Uh, we should have missed a military road by now. You know, that military road. Ah, uh, these old roads. Uh, who built these, these damn engineers? You know, they go to school to be engineers to do what? What do they even do in all this engineering school? Nothing, I bet. I bet they have senior design projects that are useless, huh? Like they build, like, some kind of... Some useless robotic snake. And then they present it to a bunch of useless, useless engineers and... And everybody claps and grabs asses and, and all that nonsense. Those engineers just washing their own balls. Ugh. I miss the kind of people that entered the workforce. Can you believe this? Bunch of ball washing engineers. Ugh. That's who built this road. Probably an electrical one. Those are the worst. And Marion and Lauren fall asleep. Frank keeps boozing it up because, you know, the booze never hurt anybody. And a couple of scenes later, Marion wakes up to find uh, that Frank has left the vehicle. Well, thankfully, he's only gone outside to look at the map, and he's proposing that there's, well... Man, there's a naval base around here. We're gonna find it. It's here somewhere. I know it. This lousy map. We should have used map because, like I said earlier, damn it. Uh, damn it, that Richard was right. And suddenly, Lauren gets out of nowhere and she jump scares somebody. And I remember I said there was jump scares in this movie and they were not overused. And she says that she's okay and starts talking about Stally Schmidt. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of her. Uh, turns out to be one of her friends or something. I, I don't know. She's she's not well at this point. Yeah, she's really not. So we continue. She says something is bothering her. Um, who are all these people in the woods? And she sees her dead friend. I want to check on my friend Janine. She's out there. And I want to check on Richard. And suddenly she jumps out of a moving vehicle. What the hell? Ah, Lauren, what the hell's wrong with you? You crazy bitch. Ah, you and your mother both. My mother was right. Oh, God rest her soul. I should have married Denise, damn it. Uh, I'm sorry, Marion. I'm sorry, Marion. Denise. Oh, now that's... Uh, well, I won't talk about it. Anyway, oh, Lord, your mother, she fell out of the car. Oh. And she jumps out of the moving vehicle, and they all stop, of course, to go check on her, but she's not there. Lauren's gone. Her stuff is there. And, of course, the black car from earlier shows up again, and the dad is not going to have any of his bullshit. All right, you know what, you son of a bitch? I sure met Denise, but I made this one, and because this one's mine, you ain't taking her. So she goes to the back of the car, reaches for the shotgun, and loads that son of a bitch, but and cocks it. Starts blasting at the black car. Take this, you son of a bitch. Papa, papa, papa. And the black car stops and actually starts driving backwards. And suddenly Lauren shows up with a massive and traumatic head wound and starts talking about Alan Rickman. Richard was Alan Rickman's father, and then suddenly she dies. For no reason. We don't know why. Well, it must have been the traumatic head wound or something, but this is one of the things that I found a little confusing about the film, to be honest with you. Not maybe part of my uh, serious song. You know, we're really grinch, my geesh. Yeah, this is, uh, that was an interesting thing that uh, she's, she fell. She was in a black car, which presumably, as far as we understand from the movie right now, she's dead. He shoots at the car, Frank does, and then suddenly she's uh, able to walk out. But what, what, what's the logic here? I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe she was still alive when she got picked up and then we're going to go murder her. Yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna pick people up and then we're gonna white them in a black car. But, shoots at the car, they let her out. Listen, mister. Hey, listen, mister, with the shotgun, we don't want her to travel. We don't want to mess with no reefers. And as soon as she gets out, she dies. Maybe the car was cursed the same way that Jane's Doe body was cursed by a witch. And when you took her organs out, the organs started to decompose at a rapid rate because once outside of the, the possessed body or entity, they were no longer safe. So maybe what's happening here, Billy, if I may theorize, is the ambulance or car is possessed. And as soon as you exit this vehicle... You're no longer, uh, you're no longer in its uh, space of safety, and now what kept you alive doesn't anymore. 
I mean, not the far rates, but a uh, theory is a theory, I guess. Here you go. Thank you very much. So Lauren dies, and Frank is about to shoot inside. You know what, Marion? Marion, uh, uh, I've, I've had enough, Marion. I've had enough of this. You know, first, your mother with the Island Redman story. And Richard not being my son. You know what? I like Island. I really did. I don't know what to do anymore. Alan? Rickman. Alan Rickman. Well, I let Frank say. You know, Alan was, Alan was a friend of mine. You know, we no longer speak. We're no longer on speaking terms. Not since he turned into a terrorist. Yeah, that's right. What? What are you talking about, Dad? Oh, you don't know? You know Hans Gruber? Oh, he's a terrible terrorist. Yeah, that Alan Rickman guy. He's just... He's a friend of mine, and, you know, I stopped talking to him and turned, turned, he changed his name. Changed his name, changed his citizenship, became German, or something. Austrian, I don't remember anymore, but went by the name of Hans, Hans Gruber. I, I don't know. Listen, I stopped talking to him. I can't believe Richard was his kid. Richard Gruber. Ugh, makes me sick. Anyway, I'm gonna shoot myself, I've had enough. Oh, you know what, forget it, I'm not gonna shoot myself. So they propose... Frank proposes that Marion and him walk through the woods to get to Marco. And of course, following the logic, they walk through the woods. And they hear a creepy noise. Yeah, creepy noise. Uh-huh. And Marion asks, Dad, how do they go? I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't. Do I have a ghost detector? <laughs> or you just ask, ask away. Excuse me. Are there any ghosts here? And some eerie noise respond. <laughs> and Marion responds with, "Then come and get me, you son of a bitch! I'm right here. Come and get me!" And they continue walking, and they find a fence. And they walk across it, and they see a bright yellow light. A bright yellow light, as a matter of fact, it reminds me a lot of your voice spectrum there, Billy. Ah, uh, uh, man, uh, actually, now that you think about it, yeah, that, that was actually a little bit like me. <laughs> Maybe we should change my color next time or something like that. I think we should. Anyway. They see a bright yellow light. And suddenly they come out as they walk towards the yellow light on the other side of the road. And they check the car because the lights, when they left, were off. Son of a bitch, I turned these lights off when I left. I'm not dumb. You gotta turn them off. What is this? Like a, some fancy shit like in the future where the lights just turn off? No, 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 no. Around here you gotta turn off your own lights. And they jump back into the car and on the road they go again. On the road again. For no reason, because they don't know what they're doing at this point. And Marion finally is allowed to drive because the dad's just kind of had enough. He's been shot at, he's walked through woods, he's lost his family, and now finally Marion is allowed to drive, right? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I don't know why, but yeah, well, maybe he did drive with the shotgun one earlier, so who knows what the logic was here. And the dad is making a list, and he's making a list. He's checking in time. 
He's making a list about the cool things he wants. Ah, you know what I really want for Christmas this year, man? I want one of those Atari computer. Dad, you should get a PlayStation instead. Get a what now? I don't like pornographic pictures. What? Oh, PlayStation. No, 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 no. I don't want one of those sex toys. I want a video game. That, that, it, forget it. Ah, you know what I else should get? I want some of those Marilyn Bronson CDs. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of cool, right? He's got the, he got a little makeup on. He, he looks like a, he got a funny name because Marilyn is a, is a man's name. <laughs> who would ever do that? <laughs> oh, man, who, who thinks of crazy shit like this? Oh, man, I, I think I'm going to get some of his CDs. And suddenly they stop. Because they see the red cabin from a distance. Ooh, yeah! I keep doing this thing with my hand, and uh, uh, the I think I'm just channeling a little Macho Man tonight. Uh, I don't know that you've ever done the Macho Man around the Sabbath, but yeah, I think so. And they see the red, they see the red cabin, and of course they stop. Uh huh. And they're about to go inside. And so they go inside, and he lights up a little match. And he's walking, Frank is, hello, hello, anybody in here? And he's looking, and he's looking, and it's the same Dan Cavan from early. You see the hatches in the background. And his light goes off, and he strikes another match. And he turns it on, and suddenly the lady in white is right behind him. She blows the match out, and... A daughter reaches him with a flashlight, but he's gone. And then, actually, no, that's not true. She reaches him with the flashlight, and they come out. But now the dad's all crazy. Ah, ah, where's my booze? Where's that? Where's that Eradora tequila? You know where my booze is? Ah, what? What? What the hell, Dad? Ah. You keep your mouth down. Close. You, hey, asshole. And she kicks him. Ah. And then he fucking punches her out and puts her in the back of the car. Oh, shit. Oh, fucking crazy violence between family members there, huh? Yeah, I mean, the dad was, uh, at this point, we don't really understand what was going on with him. But he starts, I mean, he's physically assaulting each other at this point, And uh, he knocks her out. Yeah, puts her in the back of the car. But we continue. Uh-huh, we continue, uh-huh. And suddenly he sees the woman in white starts chasing her. I got one right here for you, you bitch. Take this. Starts shooting at him, and then we lose sight of him, and suddenly... Everything stops. My daughter wakes up to a noise. Marion wakes up to some noise and rushes. They drive away, and there's shadows outside. And she starts to drive away, but of course, the car dies. Ah, you know what? You know what? Fuck you. Let's end it. All right? I've had enough of your bullshit and your scary ways. You know, you don't scare me anymore. You know what? I'm pregnant, but I'm going to light up anyway. Uh, that's a good thing, I did see, molto bene. Oh, 
oh, yeah, that's great. And then suddenly, as she's walking, she sees three body bags on the road. And they're her family, and then, unfortunately, the old black car shows up again, and guess who it is? That's right, it's the woman in white! And she gets out of the car and starts talking to Marion and tells her, He's not here for you. He doesn't want you. And then there's a giant flashback from the beginning of the film. Remember that scene, Billy, when the, the dad was driving and he almost hit something? Yeah, what, what, what about it? Well, it turns out that they actually did crash. And we see that in the flashback and it turns out that they actually died and she wound up in a hospital. Everybody in the family is dead except for her. And the person who found them it's this person wearing this black outfit looks very mysterious and he's talking to the doctor and he's again dressed all in black and it turns out that the doctor's name is Market. And then following this weird movie logic, they all exit. The guy in black exits. He's leaving, presumably who knows where. The doctor exits, presumably going home because the shift is over, but her car won't start. Marco, the doctor. And then the man in black shows up and he's like, Hey there, fancy doctor. Reckon you don't need a ride. And the woman's like, are you insured? Yeah. By survival? Yeah. I can take that ride. And she gets out in the car and gets in the car and that's it. The movie's over, but there's a post-credit scene. And in that post-credit scene, some people, road workers, pick up some garbage. And it turns out it's the dad's list. So it actually did happen. So we like to, that's it. That's the end of the story itself. And now, oh, rating. I like this movie. I like it a lot. But there's some weird logic in there. And uh, some weird shit that sounds just bothers me. But not enough to give it a bad rating. This movie gets a 7 out of 10. And I want to talk briefly about an interpretation of the ending, not because, you know, I don't think it's necessarily complex, but just what I thought, obviously. Because of the note, they were definitely in purgatory. But the daughter died who? Right? Marion died. Because if she hadn't died, she wouldn't have been part of all of this stuff that was happening. Really? Yeah, I agree. I think she died. Uh, but when she reached Marco, that means that she actually reached the doctor in time for her to be... Uh, brought back to life so uh, i think maybe the uh, the car that she was uh, seeing the black car was maybe a passerby that happened to you know see that she was somehow still breathing and put her in the car and uh, drove it to the hospital but maybe he happened to be a funeral home owner and that's just the luck of the draw maybe so maybe so billy yeah i like that interpretation i think she died briefly they resuscitated her, they brought her back to life, so all of this stuff that was happening, she experienced with her dead family members, but they, they didn't make it, unfortunately. But that's it! 
that's the end of this episode. And if you're still here, thank you very much for joining us. And we really appreciate you being here. And again, follow us on the old socials at Rick's Horror everywhere. The TikTok, the YouTube, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, all of those places. Be our friend. We want to hear from you. Recommend us a movie. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, until next time, we'll see you here on Rick's Horror Movie Review Show. Rick's Rated R Horror Movie Review Show.